areas of sport, no matter what sport it is, there's always going to be people looking for much like the athletes on the field. They're always looking for an edge, always looking right. for a way to stand out, always looking to be better from the competition. So, you know, a company is going to be like, how can we get fans more engaged? How can we connect fans in, uh, to the to the athletes that they admire how can we create experiences that you know really draw these fans back in every weekend in time and it gets to the point where hi everyone and welcome back to the sporting global podcast and today i'm here with matt and matt first of all thanks for taking the time and the house house life in sunny california these days yeah it's good warm but good I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And first of all, thanks thanks for taking the time. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a pleasure having you part of this and sharing a lot about your, you know, journey in the sport industry, what you're up to these days, and uh, a little bit about, you know, some tips and advice you have you have along the way. So yeah, first of all, why, why, don't you, why don't you dig a little bit deeper into, you know, how your journey in the sport industry began. Take, take, us, take us to where it all started. Uh, just growing up, I always loved sports involved in baseball, basketball, and oddly enough, uh, very little football, um, but uh, loved watching the sport. Um, but then uh, when I was 15, um, the St. Louis Rams had training camp about 30 minutes from where I live. Nice. So while I was not a fan of that team, um, I was grew up a Miami Dolphins fan because of Dan Marino, um, kind of the reason why I wore 13 on everything in my life. But um <laughs> It was just one of those things that pro football was 30 minutes from your house. So, hey, go check it out. Right. Um, went down there and checked it out and saw a bunch of kids roughly my age around there running around, shagging balls, picking things up, just kind of, you know, cleaning up, just working. And I was like, man, how come they get to do that? You know, I, I want to do that. Right. So. I asked around some people at the university. They sent me to some people with the organization and wrote some letters, made some phone calls. And uh, sure enough, they said, okay. In 1998, I showed up from my first training camp when I was 16 years old. I had no idea not only what I was in store for, but uh, I had no idea really what I was doing. I just knew who I was reporting to right. and that I was going to be working for an NFL team for the next six weeks or so. So I was stoked beyond belief. Um, about a weekend, um, uh, really noticed the hard work and, um, even the most avid sports fan doesn't quite fully grasp about all the moving parts that it takes to, um, build an organization, just even if it's in a temporary setup. And it just really opened my eyes into all the moving parts, um, not just from the organizational standpoint, but from outside the organization who they rely on to help them build these setups and to execute their job. Right. Um, so it really opened my eyes to that. Yeah. And then um, within about a week of uh, talking around with other uh, individuals that kind of shared my similar role, uh, I realized that a lot of them were uh, either coaches kids or friends of friends or kind right. of favors in a sense yeah. and i just kind of realized i go man i'm a nobody they could they could get rid of me at any second and not have to explain it to anybody and just you know kick me to the curb so yeah if i if i want to stand out if i want to last if i want to be counted on i've got to really you know turn it up a notch just to be on you know par and if i right. want to be better than par then I, I need to raise the bar again. 
Right. And just being around um, more, I became just kind of interested in the intricacies and all the details that just not only since took to build these setups and everything like that. And even there was so much that I didn't know that went into the sport that I thought I followed so intently and so closely, you know, from whether it being as simple as something that, you know, the decals on the helmet, they require being changed every week. That's a very labor intensive process of pulling of checking all the helmets for any minor defect, then pulling off the decals, uh, wiping the helmet down and then reapplying the decal. (laughs) So, and which is already labor intensive enough in the regular season when you have 53 guys, imagine in the preseason when you have anywhere from 90 to a hundred. So just something as simple as that, you know, just blew my mind. And I just kind of became a sponge always wanting to learn more um i i know i had to annoy the the uh the older guys in the crowd and um the full the full-time staff there because you know i i was always around always asking questions but you know while it may seem as a nuisance to them just because you know i've been in those shoes later on in life you know you're tired you're exhausted and you know that there's a long haul ahead it just came from a space of just wanting to understand how it operated right and you know what i could do to be a part of that process just always you know fascinated or drove me and so i just always kind of wanted to be around um even after training camp was done you know if i was in town for a game i'd stop by because i wanted to say hi to the guys and just see you know familiar faces right and you know and learn more about things that happened during the season because i you know when i first started i wasn't around during the season it was just straight training camp only gig yeah and just, you know, learn more intricacies about things that happened during the season. So um, that started when I was 16 and 98. Um, I did a good enough job. I made a valuable enough uh, impression to be asked back again in 99. 99 was a good year on a lot of fronts for the organization. Yeah. But um, just kind of kept doing the summer gig throughout high school and college. Um yeah. When I went to college, I was uh, my college was a little bit closer to the organization, so I could visit frequently. I helped out a little bit more. Nice. I was just just always around because I just like I said, I wanted to learn, pick up new things, or just just keep in contact with people who I enjoyed their company. And just as a young, very impressionable uh, person, I just wanted to soak in everything that I possibly could to use whether it be in the organization that I was in or if to take it somewhere else, you know, I just kind of, you know, wanted to absorb as much as I could from anybody I could. Right. So I was as best prepared as I could when, you know, the time came and I graduated. Um, when I graduated college, I went on and had the uh, season internship for two years. So that one was a little bit more extensive um, yeah. than the, uh the summer gig obviously you're there for the full slate of the season and you really get the you get in the routine of you know what a monday is what a tuesday is what a wednesday okay. is and um even if if the games if there's a monday night game you know the schedule's put 
push back on a Tuesday, you're operating on uh, maybe what you think is a Thursday, but it's actually Friday. So it confuses you in the real world where, <laughs> you know, everybody's like, but it's Friday. And you're like, no, in my world, it's Thursday. So, you know, <laughs> it can kind of throw you off a little bit. Right. Right. But um, just kind of got more of that. That was more front lines, um, you know, really saw the long haul, the, the journey and everything. And even um, was around for some of the what kind of happens after the season ends, you know, yeah. as far as the cleanup, the inventory and the, and the maintenance and that kind of uh, aspect. Right. After doing that for two years, just kind of uh, hard luck meets or excuse me, hard work meets luck and opportunity and a full time spot. Uh, came on nice. uh, and just really kind of took things from there um, was just kind of excited to finally be full-time and right. go and was really green but really excited and just um, I was always anxious to try and solve the problem because I, I didn't want to be the weak link and <laughs> luck, uh, luckily for me I had some good mentors who just really really drove home like slow down listen we know your your heart's in the right place we know that you're trying to help and you want to do good and all that but just slow down listen to everything and then you'll figure out how to best solve the issue right um so and then that just progressed over time as we had changes there was some ascension um then obviously in 2015 2016 when the whole relocation happened um was fortunate enough to be selected to um join the group to relocate from st louis to la right um the relocation from st louis uh to la presented numerous challenges on so many fronts um uh when we when we came uh to la we didn't have a permanent facility already in uh, place we actually we actually lived worked and operated out of an extended stay hotel um interesting about 35 40 miles outside of the city yeah. so it was definitely interesting living and working at the same place <laughs> and also um half of the place was our personnel and the other half was just regular people using the hotel so right. you could be right. i could be i'm driving out there working on the practice field setting things up or fixing uh equipment and there's people going to the pool or people walking to the golf course right behind and you know it was just uh it was just a different environment right. um but then we had to we had to move out of there because the cowboys were coming in yeah. um so but we couldn't get into our training camp spot so then we had to take everything and move into a storage facility for a couple of weeks so we had everything in a storage facility and operated out of a storage facility for a while Wow. Then it was moved to training camp, and we were at training camp for two months because our facility still isn't built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. It's being built. And then uh, the last week of training camp, we are moving. Not only are we preparing for the season, but then we are moving into our facility. While so you're building out a facility, setting up a facility, all while getting for week ready for week one. At right. the same time, um, Hard Knocks is there filming all this process is <laughs> while this is going on uh, and then so you finally kind of get set up and then you're finally feeling like you're in a home or a base for a while right, and then right. about six weeks after the season starts we pack up everything and we go to london for a week so <laughs> but it was just a very gypsy lifestyle for a while right. 
Um, you learn to adapt and adjust on the fly, um, make the best out of, uh, the situation you're in, the environment you're in, you learn to be very resourceful and you just kind of learn to make the best of it and just, you know, not let the negative or the frustrations, um, try and bog you down too much because it, you know, you just kind of got to adapt and go with the flow. Yeah. which is just you know a constant no 100 percent. and i mean like i think i think you know going back to what you were saying in the beginning too of, of of something i think is very important especially you know as young students and professionals look, looking to get their foot in the door you know it's kind of like just being proactive right and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there and, and and taking that responsibility of you know asking around be be curious and and then try to see okay how can i help how can i be involved you know and that curiosity that hunger you know and that interest you know with it, it was as you were saying it gave you that opportunity and mm-hmm. obviously at that point you got to start you know creating value and and and, and so forth right but i think mm-hmm. uh, you know we we sometimes forget that in a sense where we're like mm-hmm. taking, especially these days where we're taking education like maybe a bachelor and a master and we think mm-hmm. we're gonna you know get that job right away and maybe it doesn't have a lot of experiences. So it's important, you know, to, to talk mm-hmm. about this this step. And I'm glad you kind of covered also kind of like, okay, I, I did my, you know, summer, summer kind of work. And then, you know, mm-hmm. more like inter- season internship and then, you know, more and then, okay, full-time job. So it's, it's a process, right? It takes, yeah. it takes time. It's kind, it's of, journey. Yeah. kind of like riding a bike, you know, you start from the right. big wheel to then the training wheels and then, <laughs> Yeah, the training wheels come off and then you know the mountain bike you just kind of progress a little right. bit more a little bit more at time yeah just kind of you know it's it's a balance of paying your dues and uh luck and opportunity so it's kind of you know a, a combination of, of the both yeah yeah no for sure and i know like obviously you've been working you know many years in the uh, in the NFL for for mm-hmm. I, I guess St. Louis uh, Rams and, and and LA Rams, but like what were some key lessons that you learned along the way? You know, just just in the NFL, you know, working for a professional football team. Like, what were some key things that kind of stood out out for you? Um, one for one, I kind of talked about this earlier, but just listening. Um, and you got to listen to all the details and listen to what people are saying and also listen to really what they're not saying because um you know it's such a, a service industry you know what there's a need and you've got or there's a want and a need you've got to you know listen to the details and the specifics so you can fill it accordingly and fill it right so you there's a trust and a rapport built over time that as these wants and needs get more and more severe or more and more important, um, they know that you're account, uh, accountable and dependable enough to execute these things. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of it, communication going hand in hand. It's a giant moving machine. And in um, so many different departments and so many different things yeah. are all working off each other. Right. You know, think, think of it like a, a big rowboat. You know, if somebody... Uh, you know, if a rower or somebody falls out and somebody else has got to pick up extra work or something in that nature, everything just kind of slowly starts to deteriorate and the, the function falls apart. Yeah. You know, when there's a lack of communication or 
a failure to communicate, right. um, you know, that can just disrupt the whole process and put everybody back behind, not just one department or one person It can really set everybody else behind. And right. then that can also, then that also leads to the trust aspect of yeah. man, like trust and dependability, man. Like, Hey, this person kind of, we uh, got let down or they dropped the ball on this, you know, uh, can I trust them again? Can, you know, right. are they going to follow through? But it's much like the team on the field and everybody needs to know their assignments and everybody needs to communicate or else the play doesn't execute. The right. staff has to communicate, all has to work together, all has to rely in order for them to execute and execute at the highest level. Yeah, I think I think is a very good way of putting it down, and I mean, like some definitely some some key lessons, and mm-hmm. which is obviously why you know you talk a lot about you know the the soft skills, right? And communication mm-hmm. is a big, big, big part of that. That is that is very mm-hmm. important, especially in in the service industry and in, in the sport industry that it is today, because it's mm-hmm. it's so many different stakeholders, right? And you have obviously the fans as well, and the players, mm-hmm. and all, all different stakeholders that are involved that you need to kind of you know speak to in in a sense obviously there's different roles and different requirements but mm-hmm. uh, but at the end of the day you know it's, it's a big part of any successful organization and if you're going to be mm-hmm. world champion which is i guess is the, is the term mm-hmm. um you know you gotta you gotta communicate like a world world champion too yeah i mean just because you don't play the game doesn't mean that you don't need to communicate and operate and do the things that it takes execute at the highest level because you know much like the team on the field you have to do the little things uh to build and to all work as one because you're a team as well just because you don't play the game doesn't mean you you aren't a team as well uh on the team as well right no and uh, that's a very very important part and yeah moving moving a little bit uh you know to, to the present and obviously you're exploring mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities now in the industry yeah. and and like talk a little about like some key areas you want to dig deeper into and and, and some of the areas that, that that you want to explore now that you have you know a, a different kind of venue to, to discuss yeah yeah no um i got to work a lot in the relationship building especially yep. in the past in the last year um to kind of the personal relationship building and um just rapport building over the years that I had with players and coaches and staff uh, and providing a service for them. Right. And just kind of took that more on a bigger scale on the business level, um, finding products, services, and being able to relate and communicate to those in the sports industry, because um, not to sound egotistical or different enough, it's just a different animal, a different breed and a different type of mentality of the people who work in it i guess is the best way to say it nothing wrong or discriminatory it's just a different different machine yeah and knowing how that operates going in i feel gives me an upper hand knowing how to not only how it operates but how to communicate with those individuals within to relate to them to not only know things around their environment, but maybe know people in their environment to build that trust that, okay, Hey, this person, you know, they know the drill. They're not here to just, you know, make a quick buck and bounce or do anything that is going to complicate our process. You know, they know the drill. So if they're talking to us, they have something that can provide a benefit to us um, because they know how we operate. 
Um, so that type of nature. Um, I see a lot of opportunities uh, just in the past, I'd probably say 12 to 18 months. Um, with, there's always, everybody's always looking for ways to get connected and fan engagement, make the fan feel like they're a part of the sport or invested further in the sport. We've seen yeah. it in the last 12 to 18 months with the sports betting, especially here in the United States. Right. It is just, it is caught like a, you know, just falling like dominoes, all these states just passing it and just, it's grown like wild, wildfire. These right. people um, feel that they're invested, you know, they have stock or they're more engaged in the game. They have more interest. Um, you know, it was like taking fantasy sports and just, you know, adding something else on top of it to really increase the yep. fan engagement. I think there's always going to be, ways new and innovative ways to try and make the fan feel like they're either directly involved in the contest the event or giving them access to you know environments that you know are unique or personalized yeah uh or that type of experience either whether it be an experience or a connection with the athlete themselves or the coach themselves, yeah. uh, the person themselves, I believe there's always going to be people and companies uh, pushing the forefront to try and be the next, you know, the next fantasy type of engagement, the next type of online sports betting. There's always going to be some type of connection for that. Um, then also uh, just in the, there's always going to be people looking for performance improvements, technology, concepts, ways, any type of ways to perform, uh, to improve athletes' performance, uh, training, recovery, uh, safety, all of those things are a constant. And uh, as everybody says, if you're not getting better the next year, you're getting worse. So people are always pushing new training methods, new safety measures, new performance ways, new ways of tracking it. So there's always going to be somebody pushing that envelope as well. Right. And, and when you have these two entities or two industries that are looking to, to do that, but they might not have the insight on how to, how the sports business operates or how a team operates, um, they need that individual or person to kind of, connect or connect them or help introduce or be that relationship builder mm. or say like you know they may think that they have a good process on how it, to introduce their product or service but when they find out how teams operate that might cause some snags into their process that if they would have known they could have made some minor adjustments to improve and then they're they're sitting back uh in the driver's seat in an advantage seat. right so I see myself in a realm somewhere there of yeah. connecting businesses, companies, either in the fan engagement realm, uh, whether it be to a product and team, a product and service or a product mm -hmm. and player, but that type of way of just knowing how to communicate and knowing how that world kind of operates. Right. Uh, having that, I don't, don't mean to sound egotistical, but um, like, oh, I know it all with uh, know how to communicate with every athlete coach. No, that's impossible to say. Yeah. But just more of having that inside track that somebody in the organization might not do. Yeah. Um, and how those in the sports industry operate, that type of insight might help uh, a company get the inside uh, step on their competition. Right. Um, and 
lead them to a better advantage. But that type of realm, because those are two areas of sport, no matter what sport it is, there's always going to be people looking for, much like the athletes on the field, they're always looking for an edge, always looking for a way to stand out, always looking to be better from the competition. So, you know, a company is going to be like, how can we get fans more engaged? How can we connect fans and, uh, to the to the athletes that they admire how can we create experiences that you know really draw these fans back in every weekend in time and it gets to the point where they don't have to market because they've created this experience um that the customer is so happy with because it's so personalized to them that they feel that they're like right there that they do the marketing for the company because they are so involved yeah and it's a, it's a, it's a big challenge, you know, like especially mm-hmm. these days as well with the, you know, short short attention span to like mm-hmm. the, the the majority of opportunities people have these days. You know, it's just a it's just a massive both digitally and physically, right? Of of things mm-hmm. that people can attend to, and I mean, like with with the new social media format too, it's <laughs> very short wow. short attention span and the short videos you know that yeah i mean just for example like nfl red zone they are constantly flipped a game they constantly are changing the games whenever a team gets down uh in the red zone or in a scoring position you know very very seldom anymore is it just you put on the game and you watch the game straight through uninterrupted without either checking your phone for the other scores or, yeah. you know, looking at that, you know, right. the, the long day, you know, days long gone or the, oh, hey, the, the Green Bay Packers are on. We're going to watch them. And you just watch that game and you turned it off and you went about the day. You know, no, people are constantly checking their phones to see. Yeah what the score of the Lions Vikings game is right. because they have two players in that game. And then oh, yeah. I'm looking for the Chargers Seahawks game because I have two players in that. No, right. people, the need for constant, there's constant need for stimulation for the product. Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And as I was talking about, like, there's obviously, you know, um, some challenges with, with, with all of this and, and talk a bit about like some challenges you've been facing in the industry. And then I guess like what, what, what you learned along the way um learned along the way um it's it's a tough network um i just always i liken it to the mafia and just i'm a big fan of like the soprano shows and the godfather movies yeah yeah. i don't i don't liken it in a negative aspect i just liken it in the way of it's it's kind of this own society. They operate by a just different set of rules that's just kind of what it boils down to and um people within that just know that and you if and it's one of those things that if this is what you want to do you just have to accept that and that can uh, present some challenges along the way can make things difficult and make things frustrating um and it's also sometimes hard to get in new ideas and new ways just because you know it's that close knit operation. So that can kind of make things a tough, you know, not to crack, but um, so that presents some challenges. And then um, from the business standpoint, it's, you know, especially with right now, these days, startups are everywhere. And, you know, a lot of people have good ideas, you know, but they just, they struggle to get it off the ground or they struggle they may get it up off the ground, but they struggle uh, in execution. And, you know, so many 
fail before they really get off the ground or fail to, you know, really fulfill their objective. Right. And, you know, it's sometimes hitching your wagon to some of those ships can be frustrating because you're constantly having to start over. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, Mm-hmm. We, we we know the challenge as a startup <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> how the industry you know is uh receiving it sometimes but you mm-hmm. know at the end of the day is finding the right kind of people right and yeah and once you, yeah. Once you find those it's, it's a lot easier to, to knock down yeah. those doors yeah gotta burst some bubbles when, you know along the way yeah once you start finding the right people and aligning yourself with the right people yeah. you you get a wider base of support and get a wider network and then you grow and you're more stable because you have this base of good people doing good things and that's how you set yourself up for long-term success yeah um it's just you know it's really and the key thing is you've got to know if you're going to come in this business you've got to play it for the long haul right it's not it's not a short-term play because in order in order to get in sometimes it takes persistence it takes you know just constantly showing up you taking some rejection for a while and looping back around and just constantly being around there and showing that you have the intent good intentions so that when you're when the opportunity arises you're there right and then you just prove yourself over time but you've got to know to anyone just getting into the sports industry it's a long if if it's truly what you want you've got to know you're playing the long game yeah. it's not a it's not a short it's not a short in and out type of a game right um because if you have that type of mentality it's just really going to frustrate you um going in yeah. and you know you're going to hear a lot of no's a lot of sometimes you won't even hear anything but yeah it's that persistence of coming back around right and being there and just kind of uh, not in a sense wearing them down but just being always being there for so when the opportunity arises you're there and they think of you right to solve the issue yeah i'm like uh, it's kind of like perfect with a way of how i wanted to wrap up a little bit the podcast here with i'm mm-hmm. like and you provided a lot of you know tips tips and inside uh, already allowing this uh, podcast but if you wanted to kind of I, I guess uh, you know mention like uh, one or two that you would kind of like you know prioritize prioritize or highlight a little bit like some tips that you have for for any student young professional looking to get their yeah career. like I mean what would it be yeah I I was lucky and I had some great people help me along the way I you know I wouldn't have had the career I'd I had if I didn't have great people help me along the way from just as little things as like mentoring me on like either listening or teaching me little tricks of the trade or just just the support of the every once in a while like hey man I see you're grinding you know you're doing the right thing you're doing the right thing I know I know it's just as something as small as simple as that right you know it didn't have to be imparting Yoda like wisdom always all the time (laughs) But just a simple thing of acknowledging effort and telling them, you know, telling me like, hey, you're doing it right. You're doing the right things. You know, keep doing things like that and good things will happen. Right. Um, To just the younger generation, I'd say, you know, going off what I said earlier, it's the long game. It's you're going to see times on the clock that you never did in in your life and um, learn to ask questions. But um, 
ask from a way of trying to understand the process, not so much a like, why are we doing this? Why, why is that? It's just more from a trying to understand the process right. so you can see how the whole thing works together. Um, yeah. Just be a sponge. Be willing, uh, be willing to learn new tricks, new skills, um, new things. Uh, just be a sponge. Be coachable. Be open. Um, and always, after someone after someone teaches you or just just gives you a kind word of advice or anything, just show gratitude for them taking time out of their day to. Um, you know, whether it's impart wisdom or just teach you a little trick or just a, Hey man, you know, keep doing the right thing. Right. Just, um, just return with gratitude because right. that way for that person, it knows that one, you know, their actions aren't falling on deaf ears, that there's genuine interest um, on you from your part to advance in this career. And um, it's going to definitely cause that person to reach out and help more to, um, I hate to use the cliche word to take you under the wing, but just coach you up in more things, teach you right. more valuable tricks. Just, just you know, they're going to teach more and be more receptive of, um, you know, looking out for you and looking out for your best interests yep. because they know that you're um, thankful for it. Right. Uh, one but, and, yeah, and then just. I know one of the biggest things I've always seen for years, uh, everybody is always saying, I just want to work in sports. I don't, I just want to work in sports. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever. Um, while there's some validity to the, you know, eagerness to try and get in in any way you can, you know, look for where you can fit in or where some interest that might help you. But yes, definitely be willing to work in other departments to eventually because that's how you find out about the opportunities to get in departments that you want yeah. and also you may encounter new you're going to learn new skills and new things that you can then translate over into your new position you're right. also going to interact with other people and departments and organizations that you wouldn't have before so that's more people that are aware of your skills your experience and your just kind of willingness to be coached and more people that can recommend you for when you want to go in the areas that you want to go into. Yep. I've seen several people start uh, in unique positions that they've uh, since, you know, transferred into where they want to. You know, they just kind of took what they could get, showed what they can do through hard work and being coachable and listening. And that allowed so many other people to, in a sense, go to bat for them and yep. recommend them to the department that they wanted to. Oh, absolutely. And, and with that, uh, Matt, I would like to thank you, you know, so much for, for taking the time, you know, for sharing your insights and story with, with all of us. And for those of you, you know, that have been all the way here at the end, you know, make sure to like the video, subscribe as well to get weekly tips, weekly tips, you know, from leaders like Matt in the industry sharing their tips and insights. And and uh, Matt, just to kind of like wrap up here, we, we do like a, a little kind of challenge or tradition for every podcast guest that we have on so mm -hmm. i have to i have to teach you a little bit of norwegian oh uh oh yeah 
Uh, it's it's gonna be fine. So okay. every video we do, we always finish. man. You didn't tell me there was gonna be a test. You left that out. Part of the game. <laughs> the surprise. Uh oh. Yeah, yeah. No. So with every video we do, we always finish with V snakes, which means see you later in Norwegian. So that that's what v you have. V snakes. V snakes. There you go. Good job. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank uh, you so much, thank man. You, uh, Thank you for reaching out and for uh, taking the time. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Absolutely. I had a lot of fun. All right. Take care. Thank you.